listening to the sermon podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. We're continuing on in our Rooted series, uh, Deep Roots and Good Fruit. And so we started off with this crazy idea that you should read your Bible, and that was fun. How many people did the 19-day challenge that we had put out for you? How many people feel like you have like a better understanding of the Bible? You're like, that's pretty cool, knowing what percentage of it is this and this and this, and how does this all work together? How does the overarching story work together? And so super proud of you guys. We'll be launching off a new uh, group uh, family study, a large one uh, with our church again. And hopefully you just continued on. You kind of got hooked on that, and you went and found another study and another study, and you're just continuing on with studying God's word, having it be upon your heart and coming into who you are. Um, And then we talked about prayer, and we talked about different uh, styles of prayer, and that prayer is a a lifestyle. It's not just an event. It's not just something we do, and I hope you're picking up on that. I hope you guys are putting that in place in your life, that it's just something that's just on your lips all the time, and you're just praying as you go. You're talking with the Father. He's in communication with you, and so we talked about that, and then we talked about repentance, and there was a good idea that you should stay on the path because you don't want to run over people uh, in an aisle. And some crazy guy went out in the aisle and fell over a couple times. And, we need, and this, this group was the Teshuva group, and they were calling us back to the path. And so we really wanted to understand what does it mean uh, uh, to, to return to the path. And then last week, Adam did a great job talking about worship, that worship, again, isn't just something we do on Sunday morning. It's in everything that we do. Um, this week, is we're going to talk a little bit about community and why community is so necessary, and why it is a foundation, why it is something that needs to be rooted in everything that you do and who you are. And so when we think about community, community sometimes hurts. Sometimes community hurts, but it doesn't hurt as much as being alone. It doesn't hurt as much as being alone. When we think about community, you think about groups and, and, and sections of things. And so you think about like politics. Politics creates community or division. You could have left wing, right wing, moderate, Republican, Democrat, progressive, Green Party. There's all of these places for you to be part of that community. We talk about religion and I'm a Calvinist or I'm an Armenianist or, or I'm a Baptist or I'm a Catholic or a Presbyterian or Methodist or Jehovah Witness or Mormon or Seventh-day Adventist and then there's Lutheran and then, and then there's us. Nobody will have us so we have to be non-denominational. <laughs> but these different groups of segments of communities, we have these communities within our universities, we have the Vandals! Who beat up on the Grizzlies. <laughs> yeah, right? We have the Broncos. Oh, wait, there's the Broncos. Okay, I was about to boo them out. We have the Cougars. We have the Huskies. We have Gonzaga. We have fraternities. We have sororities. We have all of these communities. And you're getting invited and to be part of a lot of communities often. If you really step back and look at how often are you invited to be part of a community and what fruit does that community produce in your life. We at Real Life, we talk about community all the time. Why is it so rooted in our DNA? Why is it so critical for you to not do life alone? You think about community, take a look at some of these pictures here really quick. I like, that's community right there. <laughs> Who's the guy that gets to be on the top and why is he wearing a helmet? No. Like, you can't do that by yourself. That takes 
community and craziness. How about the next one? Community is there to catch you when you fall. Community is there to be around you when you're hurting. And sometimes you get to be the recipient of that community, and sometimes uh, you, are, you are part of the, the, the community that's, that's actually uh, helping folks that need that. For me, my, my Christian walk is, is, is not even possible without community. First of all, God's grace and mercy and love. Amen? God gives you, he gives us so much grace and so much mercy and so much love. But then he inquires that we do things in community. He actually, it was designed from the very, very beginning. And you see this in the very beginning of the text. In Genesis uh, 2, 18, it says, The Lord God said, It is not good for the uh, man to be alone. I will make a suitable helper for, a suitable uh, helpmate, a uh, helper for them. And this isn't just in the context of how we look at it, where, oh, I'm just going to give it, it's about wife. I'm going to give him a wife or a woman. It's like, it's not good for mankind. It's not good for, 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 for what I created to be alone. Just me and Jesus, and that's totally northwest of us, isn't it? It's just me and Jesus, which is true. It's you and Jesus in community. There's this one awesome community that we have, and I see pictures, and I'm not envious or jealous or coveting, but they ride together out in the mountains. And I've seen pictures of four or five of those guys. Like, it's cool to be in God's community by yourself, one person, and you can hear things, but how much more cooler was it to experience it in community? There's one of the guys that's the leader of this group and that he's able to drive around and point out everything. He's sharing the knowledge that he has of what's going on and educating people as they're doing this together. So God did not design you to do life alone. He designed you to do it in community, whether that's with your spouse, whether that's uh, in a small group, whether that's in your church, or whether that's how you operate your business. You are built for community. The Greek word koinonia, which refers to the concept such as fellowship. Joint participation. The share which one has in anything a gift jointly contributed, a collection, a contribution. It identifies the idea and state of fellowship and unity that should exist within the Christian church, within the body of Christ, koinonia. And that's what we're pursuing here at Real Life on the Palouse. When we all contribute our gifts our talents, our resources, we start to look like God's people. We are built differently. Each and every one of us is unique. Our thumbprints are unique. The giftings that God put in you as you sit in this chair right now, today, are unique. And when we somehow pull it all together and we somehow are working all together, which is the struggle, which is the fight to go from this individualistic idea and me, mine, myself, to a y'all, to a we, when we are all put together in the right pieces, we look so much more like God. And when people see a community doing that, first of all, they're like, how'd that happen? How did you submit Josh and back away? And how did you fill in this thing? And how did you realize this? And when they see that all happening, they're like, I'm very attracted to that. Because in our hearts, 
we know that we need other people. We know that there's gifts and talents that, that we recognize that we're missing, but that God has put inside of someone else. His story gets told well, and we are the most complete in community. And this is, it's not just any community, it's healthy community. Community that produces a better version of what God has made you and I to be. Community is coming in you or coming at you so many so many different forms as I mentioned earlier. Let me give you some examples of biblical community. In general, most Christians we understand the importance of coming to a building that we call a church. We get the opportunity to worship with people using their gifts and their talents to draw us into a closer relationship with the Lord to put time, energy, and effort in bowing down and worshiping and setting all of our things to the side, all of our agendas that we came in and we're focusing on God. We get to hear a sermon. We're somewhat social to each, with each other. And in some people's mind, church is Sunday mornings, and that's about all it is for them in their faith. That's not the way that Jesus designed it, as I understand the text. In the text, the church was all about community and doing life together. It wasn't an event that we went to or a building that we went to. It was a lifestyle that we lived. So the Jewish community, uh, the nation of Israel in the Old Testament, is one of the first pictures of what uh, community that we see. And God ad- always addresses, he's addressing this group of people, the Israelites, not individuals, these people. And let the y'alls begin. And the, the you guys. And there's points in the text where you're looking at it and you need to look at the you and how it's written. Is that you plural or is it a y'all? And so it's fun to go through the text and do a little study and understanding the y'alls and the yous. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation, Exodus 19, 5 and 6. See, these children of Israel, they wandered the desert for 40 years. They obeyed God together. They disobeyed God together. God instructed them on how to relate with each other and how to relate to him. So he sets the the foundation for us by giving us this thing called the Ten Commandments. So this is a great way to talk about community. As let's look at these Ten Commandments and how they relate to us. I'm go straight up, right up out of the Bible, off of the iPad. Thank you, Lord. So think about this as it's coming to you as an individual, and then think about it how it applies to us as a community. And God spoke all these words. I'm in uh, Exodus 20. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You, individual, shall have no other gods before me. You, individual, shall not make for yourself any image in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to the Lord or to them and worship them, for I am the Lord your God and I am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me 
and keep my commands. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. For the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Side note, we've talked about this before. If you go back at our series, you shouldn't cuss. You shouldn't say, gee, things and all those other things. But don't say that you're a Christian and then act like a jerk in the community. That's misusing the Lord's name in vain. Does that make sense? So you shouldn't cuss because that's not very cool anyway. Um, Forgive me, Lord. Uh, But you also, like, if you're going to put on the cloak of Christianity, you're going to put on and say that you're a follower of Jesus, how you are represented out there, it could misuse God's name. Does that make sense? So you cut somebody off and you tell them they're number one, and you got I love real life bumper sticker, which we don't have any, thank goodness, on the back of your car. (laughs) We're going to have to rip that off. No, Uh, but it's how we use God's name. Remember the Sabbath day and keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, uh, but with the seventh day as the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or your daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For six days the Lord has made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that's in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the, uh, the Sabbath and made it holy. So these four on the front are how we're interacting with God. The next six has to do with how we're actor interacting with each other. And this is the foundations of community. Honor your father and mother so that you may live a long, long in the land uh, the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. That affects community. You shall not commit adultery. That affects community. Adultery right? It's uh, sex with anybody that's not your spouse. And uh, if that could be like, they, they might get married later on in life. And so you probably shouldn't have sex unless you're going to uh, marry them, just in case we were thinking about that. That's uh, fornication is sex outside of marriage and with people who aren't married. And that's also not recommended. It, you know why it's not recommended? Because it affects relationship. It affects community. And it affects community when it happens. And it affects community later on down the road. He's a wise God. You shall not steal. That's not great. That affects community. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. That affects community. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet uh, your neighbor's wife or his male or female servants or his motorcycle as he goes traveling on the mountains. That's a, didn't say that in there. That must have just been a quick conviction. Okay. Um, uh, his uh, ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Is that what that is? I'm sorry. The foundations of community are in the text. The foundations of community are in how we're relating to God and how we're relating to each other. Next community we see in the text is this, not the next community, but another community we see in this text is the church in Jerusalem. So this is like the hot to trot right after Jesus has uh, risen from the dead and we are in the book of Acts and we're seeing how does this new Christian community work together? What are they doing? And so uh, he told them to wait together in Jerusalem for the promise of his father, the Holy Spirit. And when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. 
All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. These Christians were praying, sharing scripture, encouraging one another, and reminding each other of all the things that Jesus had done or said. How are we doing with that? I'm a pretty good encourager. Encouragement is one of my gifts. I love to encourage people into what God has called them. Am I, remind, am I good, as good at reminding people of what God's word says? How well do I have it on my heart? Who is the reminder in your life that's encouraging you as you are walking your walk? The text says they were all together in one place and that all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. That's community. Together and unified on the same page with the same purpose. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and the fellowship and the breaking of bread and to prayer. As they were together, they had everything in common. They even sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had a need. Wow, that's community. This community was so strong, they witnessed signs of miracles and they ate together. They went uh, to the temple together. They met in homes and they enjoyed God's hand on it and that community exploded because that is what God intended for community. All the believers were one in heart and no one claimed that any of their possession was their own, but they shared everything they had. So there's the church in Jerusalem. That's what community looked like right after Jesus. Then there's this other part of community and there's letters to in our in our bible there's letters to communities like corinthians like ephesians like philippians like colossians those are direct letters to certain groups of communities first corinthians 1 through 10 says i appeal to you brothers and sisters in the name of the lord jesus christ that all of you agree with one another in what you say and that there be no divisions among you but that you may be perfectly united in mind and thought. First Peter 3, Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, uh, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Romans 12, 4 says, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, each member belonging to all of the others. That's why it takes a community to function and work together to show the glory of God. To show what it looks like, it takes all of us submitting and working together, giving of our gifts, of our talents, of our times, of our treasures, and when that's all put together, we like get a glimpse of what our, holy, our Father in Heaven looks like. And people see that, and then they're like, yes! And when they see churches doing it poorly, you know what they're like? No! And that gives God a bad name. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. And let us consider how we may spur, spur one another to love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Is it an event? Is church an event in your life? Is your life group an event? Or is it a lifestyle? Just so you know, stepping out of my happy little pastor's shoes, super convicting. All week long, super convicting. Romans 12, 16, live in harmony with one another. 
Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. So you don't have to run in your own little cute little social circles of people in your same uh, financial status and all those things. Like God's community covers over each other. It mixes together. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. John, 1 John 4.11. When you spend time in community, which is the fear, I think, of a lot of folks in here, challenges come up. Remember that as believers, we belong to a community of people and we're responsible to that community of people. We're expected to share our gifts and our talents and our treasures with each other. When that happens, God is glorified. We're expected to love and be generous and to encourage and to live in unity and to be humble. And when that happens, God's kingdom is glorified. Why? And it's in the text because that's how they know. That's how the world will know that we are Christians is by our love our love towards God and our love towards each other. Embrace the opportunity to be iron that sharpens iron. One of my favorite pastors of all time would wear this shirt and it says Fifi on it. And he's a large fellow, you guys might know him. And it says Fifi on it. And Fifi is the uh, symbol in uh, the periodic chart for iron sharpens irons. And so you have a giant man wearing a Fifi shirt but I'll always remember Fifi, iron sharpens iron. So what are my options as I come into real life? Okay, cool. You've talked about community, blah, 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 all those things. Yes, I know it's in the Bible. Yes, I know I'm supposed to do it. Yes, yes, yes. Like, why is it so rooted in what we're doing? Because it's what makes us show off God the best. It's what... It's what expands the kingdom of God the best is when we're working well together in community, not just coming together on a Sunday. So here are your options. Sunday is a place to start. Maybe you're new here today and you're just looking out. You're like, all right, I'm looking for a community. Let's see if this is, this, let me see if this one's mine. And so you're checking us out and you're like, that worship was off the hook. I like that. Like, Woo! It can sing. Those people getting after it. I was getting after it too. And then you're like, you're going to judge the message and you'd be like, eh, okay. He said stuff. We read the Bible. No, it's God's message. They're always great messages because they're God's message. Even the one I throw an absolute bomb up here and I want to go hide in the closet, I'll have people come up and just be like, oh my gosh, what you said, the Lord. And I'm like, oh boy, how'd that happen? That was the Lord. That was you listening to the Lord. So we have messages that happen on Sunday. So Sunday's a good option. Maybe you stay a little while afterwards and you connect with somebody else. Maybe you book a coffee with somebody that you don't know in here and this next week you get together and have a cup of coffee and you're interested in their life. You're interested in what they're going through. You care about them as a human being and it wasn't just an in and out to get some music and to get some, some Bible. You connect with your neighbor. You actually turn to your neighbor and you know their names if you didn't come with them. You meet a new friend. Other option we have, we talk about, is life groups. 
Ask your neighbor if they're in a life group. What do we do in a life group? Well, we study together. We study God's word together. We serve together. We play together. It's called community. What if you're not ready to be in community? What if you're just dragging in like weight that is just unbearable? Like, you know, I don't want to go and try and be fake in front of these Christians. Even today, this morning, as I'm going around and visiting with folks, they're like, how are you doing? I'm okay today. But we're not going to sit down and have a half an hour conversation about all my problems of this week in here on a Sunday. But you can be real with people and saying like, well, I'm just okay. And then as somebody engages and you know what's going on in our community and what's happening here and you're finding out what's going on, you could say, you know what? We have this really cool thing called Restoration Night. It sounds like after our coffee here, and me learning a lot about you and your, your background and what's God got in your heart and areas that maybe you're hurting, it sounds like you and I should go to Restoration Night together. Let's come here together. Let's find a spot. And Restoration Night is a place for ev- all of us, everyone in here. Every single person in here could be in Restoration Night. Well, we probably couldn't hold it because we have too many people, right, Jerry? But we'll figure it out. Um, everyone should be in here. Everyone should try out a step study and do a step study. Everyone in here could benefit from uh, Crown Financial. Everyone here could benefit from learning your identity like we do in this class in here uh, on Thursday nights. But restoration is a night where you can go and get healed up. You might have got beat up. You might have got beat up at another church. You might have got beat up at this church. But it's a part of putting, on, putting in the effort to not carry the baggage and to start healing in your life. How long do you want to carry around those heavy, heavy weights in your life? You don't carry that forever? Or do you want to hand that over and learn how to deal with those things that are holding you back from who God's designed you to be? So that's an option. Become, come, come to Restoration Night and become un, unhindered by the stuff that's weighing you down. And then maybe you're like, ah, I'm not going to do that. Well, then we have two kind of a lighter options for you to slowly get kind of worked into community here. And that's our men's breakfast that happens on the first, of every, first Saturday of every month, which is awesome. There's a talk and there's food. And it's great, and you've got to fight through, the, fight through the meat to get to the gravy, which is awesome. So if you like food, it's good. We'll lure you with food. But you get to group, and there's 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 guys that come in here, and they're sitting around tables, and there's a, sh- a short talk, and people are connecting. And you might meet someone that is your fifi there. That is your iron that's going to sharpen iron. And then we have our women's coffee connection. So these are definitely group-related. Women's coffee connection happens the second Saturday of nine months out of the year. They take the summer off because they like to travel. No, they take the summer off, and, but they, they have the, a women's coffee connection. Now, I have not been invited yet, but I'm you know, willing to go. No, um, But it's an awesome place for connection, and they even do connection. They do such a great job at connecting. I know lots of folks that have been connected into community through women's coffee connection. So we have intentionally created these places for you to find community because it's a lifeline to your relationship with Jesus. It is rooted in how God designed you. And when you're in good community, you bear great fruit. And when you're not in good community, like I've been in some bad communities, and it's not even about church communities, it's just where I got drawn to. And that didn't produce the great fruit that God had for me in my life. So that's why community is rooted in who we are. Amen? All right. Well, today we're going to get the opportunity to take communion together. Communion in community. So 
um, Ron and uh, our other guys will come by, come on down, and if you want to take uh, communion, raise your hand, and we do this every week. So our kind of our role here is that if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, and you're going to follow him, this is something that we get the option to do. And uh, if you haven't, I want to talk to you about your relationship with Jesus. I'll be up here after church uh, as we're praying with folks, and we'll have our other folks up here. But I want to talk to you about that relationship that you might want to have with Jesus. We got a chance to do that two weeks ago uh, with the gentleman up here, and he accepted the Lord up here. We had, oh yeah, by the way, we had a worship light night last Sunday night. How many people got to go to that? How many people got to see the eight people get baptized? Amen. Uh, six ways, seven, uh, six adults, seven adults and a teen, husband and wives uh, getting baptized together, saying they're going to follow Jesus the best. Like, that's a miracle. That's an awesome thing. And that happens in community. Now, uh, then you have your elements. Today I'm going to pass as the pastor on taking communion with you, but I'll lead you guys through that. So why would the pastor not take communion? Well, you're to take communion in a worthy manner. You're to take communion where you've, you're working on like your relationships that are out there. And, and I got some things to work on in some relationships this next week. And so I don't want to take communion in an unworthy manner. And so I'm going to step back from doing that because I want to work on those relationships. And so I'm going to lead you guys through communion today. But we do so, we take it in a, in a worthy manner. So if you have odd against your brother or sister, or you got something going on, keep your communion, put it in your pocket. It's no big deal. And when you get that squared away, have, have, have communion with the Lord. But let me lead you guys through this today. Uh, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he, he took the cup, or excuse me, he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, this is my body, and this is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Lord, these folks are remembering you right now. We take this in remembrance of you. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it. Do it in remembrance of me. Lord, we take this in remembrance of you. Father God, we just come to you, Lord, today that you would reveal the communities that we are a part of that maybe we shouldn't be a part of, that aren't producing good fruit, that aren't drawing us to you. And Father God, we just ask that you would just open the door to relationships and discussions that would happen in this very church service right now, Lord, after we're done, that people would just find connection, they would find someone that they're going to be connected with, Lord, that people would get together, have a cup of coffee, learn about each other, and that you would continue to use us in community, Lord, in complete community, by being compassionate, by being humble, by putting all of our gifts together that would point to you, Lord, we ask for your hand upon this place, upon the the hearts and minds that are represented here, that no one does life alone. No one does life alone. We have people that we can walk with, Lord, that are guiding us. And we say this in your powerful name. Amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by visiting liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.